Welcome to Denver Sports Tonight. Taking a look at the biggest stories in Denver sports. From your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more. DenverSports.com. Good evening, Colorado and the Rocky Mountain Mile High region. What is up? It is a Friday night. Denver Sports Tonight edition. I am your host, Cecil Lammy, here for the next hour. Going to be complaining about the Denver Broncos. Not complaining, but maybe a little. I don't know. Uh, It seems like a lot of the times when I go solo, at least on Orange and Blue today, I hope you're watching Orange and Blue today, me and Andrew Mason every day on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. Uh, 3.30 p.m. Mountain Time, the shows are evergreen, so you can watch them later. But, like, Orange and Blue today, anytime I have to go solo, I'm like, eh, maybe I shouldn't complain about George Payton as much. George Payton for the Denver Broncos has done a better job this year. I think George Payton has done a good job this year. His job is not done in what this team needs to get through the draft in what they need to still do through free agency, get a safety, basically. I'll talk about that a little bit later. I just look at it as he's responded to pressure. And one of the things in football and in life, the best thing that you can do is respond to pressure. We're all under some sort of pressure. And I don't care what your line of work is. You have pressure, whether it's deadlines or making your boss happy or whatever, making products correctly. Uh, Just thinking back to the jobs that I've had, whether it was construction worker or working as a machinist, like, yeah, there's pressure. It's a different type of pressure, but yeah, there's pressure to perform in everything that we do. And when you look at George Payton and this last season specifically, and maybe I can't hold everything against him. I can't hold his mistakes in the draft against him as much as I have said, um, but I'm still going to. (laughs) I still consider uh, last year's draft just uh, tons of mistakes. Mistakes left and right for George Payton, just all over the place. And people, you know, oh, don't give him, a, give him a pass. I'm like, why? And I understand looking for a coach and Nathaniel Hackett and throwing everything off and all those sorts of things. I understand how George Payton had a maybe a lack of focus. I'm just guessing, you know, that there was a lack of focus on uh, the most important part of any sort of team building. It is the draft. I am biased because I am Mr. Draft, and this is draft season, this is Cecil season, and this is my favorite time of year. And it's something that because you don't have a first or a second round pick, you have to be better than ever. You have to be ready in case you do get that first or second round pick. Remember, you could still trade Jerry Judy on draft day. You could still get a phone call from somebody who didn't get what they wanted, want Jerry Judy. Okay, boom, George, you played hardball with us. We called you in March. We called you in February. We called you in March. We're calling you at the end of April. Boom, let's do the deal. Here's our late first rounder for Jerry Judy. And you have to be ready to take someone there. So you have to prepare. And this is the way that I prepare for every draft. I'm not making decisions for a team, though. But George Payton must analyze the entire draft board. He can't take the first 90 players and just throw them out. Or, you know, with 65 players, whatever the number is, because they pick at 67. Like, you can't take those first 50 players. Let's say that. 50 players and just forget about them. You have to scout everybody. You have to be ready for anything. It's the draft. It's one of the most fluid moments in the entire National Football League because you're, you're on the clock. 
decisions get made and get done at deadlines in the National Football League. And when you've got 10 minutes per pick in the first round, 15 minutes per pick after that, like, yeah, you've got a deadline. Yeah, you've got to make a decision. Yes, you've done the work, but things can change. Your phone can be ringing. You're the Broncos. You might be working the phones anyway because you don't have a pick in the first round. And you don't have a pick in the second round. So if you're the Denver Broncos, you might be picking up the phone yourself and maybe getting under the skin of someone else out there, kind of annoying them a little bit with your phone calls. That's fine. Can you get a deal done or not? And you have to be ready for anything. You can't just ignore the first 50 picks and then be like, okay, now these are the players we get to look at. No, you have to look at everybody. What if somebody falls because of some video that surfaces because they're making bong rips from a gas mask, right? Like, what if that happens? What if there's some sort of draft day thing and a player falls and you've got to make a decision uh, because you didn't scout the player because he was, a, you know, a top uh, 30 pick and you just figured, oh, we have no shot of getting him? No. The draft is fluid. Teams make decisions. You don't know exactly what they're going to do. You can guess. Or you can just be prepared for anything. George Payton needs to be prepared for anything. And this season, based on what he's done in free agency, based on who he's talking to, and I'll get more of that a little bit later, but based on who he's talking to and interviewing, whether it's via Zoom calls, whether it's the top 30 visits now that are happening, like anybody that he's looking at, it makes sense for what this team needs. And if you're George Payton, you're responding to the pressure because I think his job was on the line. I don't fall in line with the normal talk from many in the Denver media who I think are, well, they're fed some misinformation. Okay, I'll I'll say that. And everyone can have their own opinion. And I really don't care about what other people's opinions are because I'll come on the air and I'll say something. I'll be like, hey, don't be dumb. That's a dumb opinion. And then someone will be like, Cecil, that's exactly what DMAC said. And I'm like, yeah, I, you know, that's DMAC's opinions. That's not my opinion. Like, DMAC has his opinion, and that's great. Uh, people might message me about something somebody else on uh, KOA says or something. I'm like, I don't care. Like, that's their opinion. That's not my opinion. That's fine. Everyone has their own opinions. And I don't care where you're at and what microphone you have. I don't care if you're a fan with a podcast or someone, you know, with a radio broadcast. That's fine. You have your opinion. Uh, But I think there are many out there that are fed an opinion from the Broncos, um, you know, because it's the access game, because you want to play nice. And I do play nice. The Broncos like me. The Broncos respect me. Um, I like them. I respect them. I'm never unfair with my criticism of them. But I also don't fall over blindly to anything that they say to me. Like, oh, it's great. It's the greatest ever. Yeah. We saw those lies and misinformation. I'll say misinformation. Again, I don't want to offend. But we saw the misinformation that was spread last year uh, during training camp, you know, about Montreal, Washington specifically. Oh, hey, it's really great, and Russell Wilson really likes him. He just can't play. He can't play. Not at this level, okay? Bottom line. And I don't want to be cruel, and I know I almost want to smash on the kid, but, like, that, that was the bottom line. And it was a bad mistake from George Payton that the team tried to cover up. And so they feed media members a bunch of stuff about, oh, man, you know, he's really good. And, oh, man, tore up Florida. And, oh, you know, man, left. you didn't watch the film. You didn't watch the film with a critical eye. And you don't really know how to analyze players. I mean, that's the one thing. Like, there are reporters, and God bless reporters, 
We need journalism. We need actual journalism, though. We don't need just team-fed propaganda. I mean, that's okay for other sports and other teams. It's not okay for the Denver Broncos. And I feel that too many fall into the trap of, like, well, George Payton's good. Why is he good? Because the Broncos told me he was. Like, I, or I don't want to hurt their feelings, or I want to be able to, you know, interview someone when I ask. Like, yeah, I, I get it. I get the access game. I understand that. But I would rather tell the truth, and the truth of the matter is George Payton has done a good job now because he's had to. George Payton put himself in this position with his bad picks last year, with bad free agent moves, the bad hire of a terrible clown head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, th- these are George Payton decisions. You can blame lack of ownership last year with the trust that was in place to make sure that the trust stayed in place. You could say, oh, you know, well, and, and then the Russell Wilson thing, and we were all excited. Yes, but we can all see now that that was a mistake, and then paying him was a mistake, especially with two years left on his deal. You didn't have to do that. And I understand uh, there has been pushback on the reports of, hey, there wasn't any pressure from Russell Wilson's camp. And I know one time I was accused of talking to Mark Rogers, Russell Wilson's agent. I, I do talk to agents, but I don't run with what they say because they'll tell you anything if it's good for their client. Does everybody know this? Do we understand this? Because right now, you know what's coming out of Dove Valley? Right now, do you know what you're hearing out of UCL Training Center? Do you know what you're hearing? Nothing. And do you know why? Because Sean Payton's batting that thing down. Uh, And there's been some coaches that have moved on that were pretty loose-lipped. There's been some PR guys that have moved on that were pretty loose-lipped. You had a lot of leaks over there. The Broncos had a ton of leaks and a ton of propaganda and misinformation that was fed to the media. I just want to talk about ball, man. I don't want to have, you know, anyone around try to, you know, haze my opinion in a certain direction. So when I say George Payton was on the hot seat, it's because I really believe he should have been on the hot seat. I I think the temperature is turning down now. Because George Payton has done such a good job. And I say this honestly, I say it critically, but I say it fairly as well. If George Payton was stinking up the joint, trust me, I would be telling you. I am the only one that told you that he messed up last year. While others were listening to the propaganda coming from the team and the, you know, the hazing. The Broncos never tell me what to say. Okay, they don't. But they'll kind of tell you what to say. They will hint around what to say. They'll drop you little nuggets. Again, the access game. I'm exposing everything tonight. And I usually do when I go solo just because I'm done with the games. I'm done with the like, oh, well, you know, everything's great and it's awesome. Like, no, it hasn't been. You all know that. And again, I do it for you guys because Broncos fans, you all are smart. You know that it's been awful and it's been terrible. So how much team propaganda can you really feed yourself? Well, it's fine and everything's fine. Everything's going to be okay and go Broncos. I feel better this year. I feel good this year. 
But I feel good because Sean Payton isn't spilling the beans to everybody. I feel good because you can see the assembly of talent that this team has done. You can see Sean Payton's fingerprints all over this entire team. You can see George Payton reacting to pressure. And that's what it was. Did George Payton uh, all of a sudden forget how to look at football? No, of course not. George Payton, and I said this when he was hired, and I reached out to some people around the league because I talked to every team except New England. New England doesn't talk to anybody, okay? Uh, I take that back. I take that back. They talked to Jeff Legwald. I've seen New England scouts who I would say good morning to like 10 years in a row, and they wouldn't say hi to me or make eye contact. I've seen those same scouts like go, boy, what's up, Jeff? <laughs> like, so Leggy, Leggy's got a little bit different pass, right? That's old school, right? Well, I'm old school. I've been doing this for 20 years. Like, I should, should be kind of old school, please. Anyway, so I talked to every team in the league, except New England. Eh, there's a couple people. But anyway, when George Payton was hired, I reached out. Everyone's like, great reputation, great man, hard worker, you know, the type of guy you want to work for. And I believe that. I've been around George Payton a little bit. I've talked to George Payton a little bit. And I believe that. I believe in his eye for talent. He's messed up. This last year, he messed up bad, you know, um, and continued to make mistakes. Makes mistakes in trades. Made mistakes in uh, hiring a head coach who was a clown, allegedly, or whatever I have to say. Do I have to say allegedly, KJ? When I call Nathaniel Hackett a clown, I mean, he, he doesn't actually do, like, birthday parties or anything. So I guess I have to say allegedly, right? I don't want to get in trouble. Yes, this is true. <laughs> okay. All right. Because at one time at the Combine, I called Paxton Lynch a moron, and then I got a call from uh, our then program director. He's like, hey, buddy, um, could you not call Paxton Lynch a moron, please? And I was like, oh, okay. I'm sorry. It's not personal. It's not personal. And I did it allegedly or what I have to say. So, yeah. So George Payton, horrible job hiring Nathaniel Hackett. Just terrible. God awful. Uh, paying Russell Wilson when there was no pressure from his camp to pay him. That was a bad decision. And I understand. Guess what we heard when things fell apart with Russ? And remember, you heard some anti-Russ buzz last year coming from around that building. And I would believe, this is just me, maybe sending a message, maybe not. You can determine whatever. I think that anyone around the building that was sending an anti-Russell Wilson message had probably better change their tune. One, Sean Payton doesn't like leaks. Two, Russell Wilson will be better this year. But what did we hear when things didn't look good for the Russ? Oh, his, his people his people made, they demanded, Mark Rogers demanded that Russell Wilson would be paid. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Were there, you know, suggestions or wishes? Sure. Yes, that is accurate. Were there demands that Russell Wilson, he's going to get traded and then he's going to get paid? Were those demands from Russell Wilson's camp? No. I'm here to tell you 100% that didn't happen. Even though you heard from more team-friendly people that, oh, you know, I heard Russell's camp, they were really pushing. And I don't talk to Mark Rogers. Not that I'm against Mark or whatever, and, you know, I understand some people around the league uh, he's ruffled some feathers, right, because he's a baseball. He's a baseball guy. It's not like that Bugs Bunny cartoon. That's baseball. Um, like, no, and, and when I knew, what, three years ago? How long ago was it on Stokely and Zach on the War Room when I was like, yeah, Seattle doesn't want Russell Wilson anymore? And whether it was like three years ago, 
And people are like, no way, no way, no way. Yeah, way. Why? Not because I'm talking to Mark Rogers. Because I'm talking to Seattle people who are like, yeah, we're kind of sick of Russell Wilson. And you saw it come to fruition. So when I look at George Payton, and I tell you unequivocally, George Payton is doing a good job this year. It's not because I'm drinking Broncos Kool-Aid. It's not because I'm a Broncos fan. It's not because I have to suck up to the team. It's because that's what George Payton is doing. George Payton is doing a really good job, and I believe it's because of pressure, whether that was internal or external or both. George Payton is a good man. George Payton has an eye for talent. George Payton now is not making mistakes that he did a year ago when, let's just say, things got a little out of hand. Things got a little out of control with the Denver Broncos. You're not seeing that this year with George Payton. So when I tell you that George Payton is doing a good job, it's because he is. It's not because the team is telling me to say that. Oh, they don't ever tell me what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it, okay? I get it. I've worked for team affiliates. I I know what the access game is. And when you work for an affiliate of a team, whether that's radio or TV, you can't exactly say everything that you can say. It's one of the refreshing things about working for the fan um, is that I am allowed to be fair and I am allowed to be critical. And that makes me feel, it makes me feel good. Because at the end of the day, it's just talking ball, right? I don't, you don't need to hear team propaganda. You don't need to hear about how everything's the greatest and go Broncos and nothing's ever wrong. Like, no, let's talk about it. We're not going to be negative. At least I'm not going to be. I don't like the constant negativity. I don't like the constant flood of, like, they can't do anything right and they just suck and everything sucks. Like, that's just dumb. Again, don't be dumb. When you have a microphone and you have people that listen to you, don't be dumb. Don't be the one that's always negative and everything's bad and everything's wrong and they can't do anything right. Like, no, nobody wants to hear that. And at the same time, don't be all, you know, rainbows and the sunflowers and everything's the greatest and sun shining down on Broncos country. No. If there's some rain clouds, if there's some storm clouds are coming, the thunder rolls, like, you've got to talk about that. And I feel like we've been through the worst. If I'm to use a weather analogy, I feel like the storm is past. I feel like we're getting back to football. And that's what matters most, not this team propaganda. Listen, you know what, when you don't have to have team propaganda, when you're good. When you're good. And I have a feeling that the Broncos storm clouds, they've they've gone over us. They've passed us. They're on the eastern plains now. Um, The storm clouds have moved over Broncos country. I feel like that because Sean Payton is that ray of sunshine, that ray of hope. For this team, Sean Payton is the man to bring back Broncos country and Broncos football the way it's supposed to be. So we don't need to be filled in with a bunch of crap and nonsense and garbage and just soft sell this whole thing. And they're the greatest and nothing's wrong. And Montreal, Washington, what a great pick. How God awful was that last August? Looking back on it now, looking back on it now, at the time... I had to bite my tongue, uh, but you heard a lot of that. Oh, man, and they really like him, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all false. It was all fake. It was all nonsense. 
None of that matters. What matters is how you play. You get out there on the field and you win. Winning is all that matters. This is Broncos country. This ain't Minnesota, baby. Okay, and one of my fears about George Payton, even when he was hired, even when I reached out to my friends in the league and they told me nothing but great things about George Payton and I repeated them here on these airwaves, even when that happened, I was still worried that George Payton would want to Minnesota this thing up and make him, like, competitive, but not really. Because in Minnesota, if they, you know, if they make the playoffs, they're happy. They're happy. Oh, I complained a little bit, but whatever. Like, it's Minnesota. Broncos country needs to get back to Super Bowl or bust. Broncos country needs to get back to AFC West championships. Broncos country needs to get back where going to the playoffs isn't enough. Now, they got to get back there, and trust me, it's part of the steps that they take to get back there. I like that. I like the fact that they should be back and sniffing around the playoffs this year. I'm not saying they have to win the Super Bowl this year. I'm not saying they have to be true legitimate Super Bowl contenders this year, but it feels good because Sean Payton is that storm breaker. Sean Payton is that man to change things and make things right in Broncos country. George Payton can be part of the solution. Instead, last year he was part of the problem. In fact, he was a big part of the problem. That's one thing like DMAC and I agree on is that George Payton, uh, this, is, this is your mess, buddy. People will blame Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was allowed to get away with too much. He was allowed to try to run his system and allowed to. He was allowed to do that because Nathaniel Hackett didn't have a spine, allegedly or whatever. Because Nathaniel Hackett was just too weird with Russell Wilson. He was just too weird about the whole, what What do you want to do, Russ? How about this, Russ? Or am I your best friend, Russ? No, be a coach, man. Be a man. Be a coach. Step up and tell him we're doing this. We're doing this Russell, because of this. <laughs> exactly. Russell, are you there? Russell, hey. Russell, can you hear me? Russell, Russell, are you okay? Everything fine? Everything good? Are we good? So now you have Sean Payton to do that. And George Payton is responding to the pressure. And I think nobody knows if there was any external pressure. Nobody knows. Again, UCL Training Center is zipped up tight. And I like that. I really enjoy that. And if you hear anyone that's saying it's not zipped up tight, they're lying. They're lying or they're talking to agents. That's the only people that are talking right now are agents. So agents of Broncos players and former Broncos players will be talking. Some players will talk, but not players that are on the roster right now. Things are buttoned up pretty damn tight, and I like that. I like that a lot. I like the fact that even though we don't know if there was external pressure, we don't know if Sean Payton went to George Payton and said, hey, dude, you got to get better or you're getting out of here. We don't know if that conversation had, but in knowing people that know George Payton well, I can't say that I know George Payton well, but I know people that do know him well, that have worked with him. You don't have to have that conversation with George Payton. George Payton is not ignorant to the fact that this is his construct. George Payton is not ignorant to the fact that he did this. All the crap that you saw last year with the Broncos, all the bad stuff, all the terrible play, all the bad picks, all that stuff, everything that you saw, George Payton knows that's on his watch. And George Payton knows he needs to be better, and that's why he has been better. And I believe in football and in life, it's the way you respond to pressure. Do you crumble or do you rise above? And it seems like he's still got the draft to go. 
Okay, George Payton, I'm not, he's not off the hook with me, nothing like that. All right? I'm not going to lie to you like others will and be like, he's fine, he's totally great. But I'm also not going to just badger the guy, right? He's doing a good job. You let George Payton scout players, you give him a plan for what you need, like Sean Payton has. You let George Payton scout players, he's going to find you good players. That's what's happening now with the Broncos. George Payton is finding good, nay, sometimes great players for the Denver Broncos. He's doing that because of the plan Sean Payton gave him and because he knows the deal. It's called not for long for a reason. And you're not going to be a GM forever, especially if you keep making terrible draft picks. So good job, George Payton. Experience the great American RV show coming to the Colorado Convention Center Thursday, March 30th through Saturday, April 1st. It's regional RV and camper dealers unite to give you the best deals, whether you're looking to buy or planning your next camping adventure. The great American RV show is the place to be. Be caller for right now, 303-713-1043. And you want a four-pack of tickets to the great American RV show Four amazing listeners have already won this week, and you could be the final one. Call right now, 303-713-1043. That is the Great American RV Show, the Colorado Convention Center, Thursday, March 30th through Saturday, April 1st. Caller number 4, 303-713-1043. It's Denver Sports Tonight. I am Cecil Lammy saying, okay, Denver, I think we have a clue about their offense and... Uh, might look like a bowling alley. I'll explain next. It's Denver Sports Tonight on Denver Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. There is no doubt that the Denver Broncos are going to run the hell out of the ball. That's the plan this year. And it's evident. It's obvious. And it really doesn't have anything to do with Javante Williams yet. I hope Javante is um, is going to be okay from his major knee injury and surgery. He does have a uh, youth camp coming up. I think it's him and Jerry Judy. And I believe it's at... Is it Bear Creek? Uh, somewhere. Anyway, I believe it's early July. Um... <laughs> Because those football camps always come up. I try to take the month of July off. doesn't happen every year. Um, but I try to take the month of July off because nothing really happens in the NFL. And then guys have a bunch of camps and you end up just going to talk and, well, you don't really get the, that uh, time off. But either way, I believe Javante and Jerry Judy have a football camp coming up in early July. Check it out, especially if you've got a young player that wants to participate. But with Javante, I got some... A different perspective today. I'm never stuck in my ways. I think that um, that's not the way to be in life. And again, I don't have everything figured out, but this is just what works for me, is to be uh, open, you know, to communication, to dialogue, to debate. I am very sad that the fact that debate has kind of gone bye-bye in this world and it's, I'm right, and you're totally wrong, and I won't listen to you. Like, that's become, we're all a bunch of babies now, and it's sad and pathetic that that's the way it's gone. Even when in sports, it's that way. Like, that's what sports is supposed to be all about, is about that debate and about that back and forth. And it's about, um, you know, preparing yourself with the knowledge and information 
to, you know, win your argument instead of being like, ah, oh, Broncos suck. <laughs> like, no, let's talk about this situation. But I got a different perspective today from one Brandon Stokely. And I thank Stoke for this. And I told Stoke on the air yesterday, I was like, you know, Stink will text me and he'll be like, Cecil, I love you, but that take you had was just completely wrong. Like, this is what the film really showed you. And I'll reconsider. I'll go back and look. And obviously going to listen to Mark Schlereth. I mean, my God, three Super Bowl rings. I'd be nothing but a dummy uh, if I didn't listen to Mark Schlereth. Orlando and I have had great conversations. You know, Chad Brown and I have had great conversations. Uh, And then Brandon Stokely kind of picking his brain about this game and and always being open to learn. Um, Football is my life. Football is everything that I do. And it's something where I know going in, I won't know everything. And I I won't be perfect on all of my draft analysis. I go in knowing that. Now I want to be as excellent as possible, but I listen. And, you know, that's what works for me. And I listen to those pros, to those guys that got it done at the highest level. Um, There are plenty of players that, you know, maybe they get you a cup of coffee in a league. And and that's fine. They're way better than me. I always love that argument. You never played football, so blah, 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 blah. Okay, yeah, I mean, you're you're right. I didn't play past high school. And, yes, I played six-man football. Um, But, like, I like listening to those top pros, right? I like listening to those champions. I like listening to those guys that did the work and got it done. And when I listened to Brandon Stokely today, we were talking about Javante Williams, and I said, is he going to be the next Cortland Sutton? I'm kind of afraid. And there's two paths in this life, the path of fear and the path of love. And I love Javante Williams, but I am afraid that his knee is shredded. And, well, it was shredded, and it was surgically repaired, but... Is he going to be able to be the same player that he was on track to be? And the Broncos screwed him up because they never just fed him the damn rock all the damn time and said you had to introduce Melvin Gordon, who really can't play. And, you know, I know he's a nice guy, but I don't think Melvin Gordon's that good, especially at this point in his career. And you had Javante Williams, who's a Nick Chubb best running back in the game type of prospect, and you didn't use him because you... Melvin Gordon? Hashtag reasons? Like, it makes no sense. But when I talked to Stoke today, he gave me a different perspective from a different point of view, and I appreciate that point of view. Because, and he's very right to say this, like, I I do love Javante, and it's probably my love of Javante that's getting in the way of, you know, my thoughts on, on his injury. Like, I love Javante. I hate the way the Broncos have used him. I hate it because Javante should lead the league in rushing, and instead he's barely been used, and now he's hurt. So Stokely told me today, he said, well, everybody's different. Like, you can't just blanket say, like, because Cortland Sutton was never the same. And, and listen, God bless Cortland Sutton, but he's, he's never going to be the same. It's never. I mean, how long has it been? Seriously, I'm too old. How long has it been? Three years? And Cortland Sutton doesn't look the same? Like, do we need to wait another year? Uh, he'll be back, everybody. Like, no. I, I believe we have enough evidence to say Cortland Sutton will never be the same. 
I believe that to be the case. And it sounds like, and it's shaping up like, he's going to be a Vincent Brown type of prospect. Nobody knows who that is, but look it up. It looks like he's going to be one of those guys that like looks real good, gets hurt, doesn't ever live up to the the potential that was there. Tons of potential. Cortland Sutton should have easily been a first-round pick. The Cowboys should have taken him instead of Leighton Vanderish, and they didn't. And it's their mistake, I believe. And now Cortland has been hurt, and you know it's been a few years, and he doesn't look the same. So I was scared that Javante Williams would be that guy now, kind of like the new Cortland Sutton. And Stokely alerted me, said, hey, everybody's body's different. They're going to react to surgeries different. And I know this is a more major injury. It's not just an ACL. And an ACL is it's major enough. I know that not everyone's Adrian Peterson, who I think was a robot sent back in time to dominate your fantasy leagues. But, like, because everybody's body is different, did I lose you you there? Because of everybody's body being different, it means that I look at the situation and I go, okay, thank you, Stoke, for giving me that kind of perspective, like, Perhaps Javante's body will respond differently. I do believe he had a little bit of a knee thing in high school. That's off the top of my head. Um, But I do believe that's the case. When I get into draft mode, like, my brain essentially turns to mush outside of of the draft. Um, it's, It's a little mushy upstairs. So I apologize. But I believe he had a little bit of a knee thing in high school. And maybe Javante's body is just, you know, like a super healer where he's going to heal a little bit faster. He's going to heal a little bit better. He's going to get back a little bit quicker. And, you know, maybe that's why George Payton had some optimism when he said, you know, week one is a consideration. I don't think that's the case. I would like Javante to be as healthy as possible. And then we'll see. But if we look now at the situation, we go, okay. Everybody's body is different, and Javante could be a quick healer and a better healer. So maybe he's going to heal properly, and maybe he will be back around week one or let's say week four or whatever. Whenever he's at 100% or whatever his 100% is new normal is going to be, whatever that is, is that going to be good enough? So I uh, Stokely has assuaged my fear. Now, Javante's got to do it. Javante's got to come through with the play, but you've seen with Samaji P. Ryan, one of my favorite players in this league. I love, love, love Samaji P. Ryan. I loved him in college. Boomer! I loved, loved, loved Samaji P. Ryan in college. Not just because of the 300-yard game where he had like eight touchdowns or whatever. In a game! In a single game! Like, Samaji P. Ryan can play and... What's funny is he's a power back, but he's also a third down back. He's not a route runner, so I'm not going to, you know, I'll forgive him if he's not the greatest at running a Texas route or whatever, but he is a reliable receiver out of the backfield. He is a uh, reliable pass protector. These are very important things. He can add as an extra blocker back there, protector for Russell Wilson. These are all good things, Uh, but he's a power guy, no doubt. And so now you've got Javante hopefully coming back. I feel better, Stoke. I'm glad Brandon Stokely told me that today. I should have thought of it, but I guess my fear and my love of Javante and my fear of this injury kind of, um, you know, put my mind in a, in a certain spot with that. And, and I'm feeling better now. Thank you, Brandon Stokely. But I look at Samaj P. Ryan. There's power. They just pick up Tony Jones. 
There's three people that can really talk about Tony Jones besides Sean Payton. Three people in the media. Me, Andrew Mason, and Luke Patterson. Why? Because we were all at the Shrine game when it was in Tampa. And we were the only ones there from the Denver media. We were all there. And Tony Jones put on a hell of a show. I believe it was the same year also as a Justin Hollins was at that game. Top of my head. And then McTelvin Ajim, I believe, was at that game as well. Again, top of my head. But Tony Jones was there. He's an impressive player. And guess what he is as well? He's a power back. So I teased it, industry term, that the Broncos' offense is going to basically look like a bowling alley. And they're going to be throwing strikes, baby. They're going to be knocking you over. You're going to get back up, and they're going to knock you down again. Ben Powers is coming for your ass. Okay, Mike McGlinchey is coming to throttle you, to beat you down. This Broncos rushing attack will lead the way. It needs to lead the way. Russell Wilson's not going to play from the pocket. You're not going to do that, bro. you got to learn how to win in the right way. That comes from run of the football. That means Javante. That means Samaje. And that means Tony. <laughs> One of these things is not like the other, right? Got these cool guys, Javante and Samaje, and then Tony. Tony! All right, we'll go out and get it done, Broncos. And that's the bottom line. Again, I go pro wrestler when I go oh, solo. I apologize. The Denver Nuggets and Nikola Jokic, well, he's probably playing for the MVP over the next two games. We'll tell you why next. Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Denver Sports Tonight. Jokic is probably playing for the MVP over the next couple of games. Millie Wauquay in Philadelphia coming up for your Denver Nuggets. And I teased it again, industry term, as to why I would tell you why he's playing for the MVP over the next two games. The answer the voters are dumb. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> and before you say, Cecil, you say everything's dumb. No, I just say certain things are dumb. Nikola Jokic is the MVP. Again. Now, they need to get to at least the Western Conference Finals, if not the NBA Finals. That's a different conversation. But when it comes to regular season MVP, there is no doubt whatsoever, and I could give a damn the Kendrick Perkins thing. I remember when that thing went off and – I think I was on Denver Sports Tonight or something, and I was like, why Why do we care uh, about what any sort of hot take show says? Hot take shows are there to give you hot takes, and then everybody reacts, and, oh, my God, I can't believe they said that. Dur, 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 dur. Like, no, that's just dumb. I don't care. Hot take show, that's what they're supposed to do. Uh, doesn't mean I'm going to watch or listen. Uh, carry the hell on, right? Isn't that what Perk always says? Like, yeah, whatever. Nikola Jokic is the MVP. We know that. If he doesn't win it, uh, the voters made the wrong choice. There's no denying that. Not in my opinion. And um, listen, I, you know, I've got expectations for the Denver Nuggets. Not everybody shares. But anyone with half a brain can look at this NBA situation and go, yeah, Nikola Jokic is the best player on the planet. Like, it's easy. It's easy to see. It's not even a conversation. It's not a debate. It's not any sort of like back and forth. Like, no, he's the guy. And if they don't vote him as the guy, it's only because of voter fatigue, I guess. I don't know. Like, isn't that dumb as well? Aren't you supposed to be judged on what you're doing for this season? 
Well, we can't give Jokic the MVP because he was the MVP the last two years. That doesn't make any sense. If he's the best in the NBA, you give him the hardware. Now, he needs to go for the ring. Nuggets actually need some help from the bench. Aaron Gordon needs to get healthy, like all these sorts of things. That's a different conversation. But most people around the NBA and in sports radio, they're saying, hey, Nikola Jokic got to play well when he comes up against Giannis and when he goes up against Embiid. Okay, I get it. Milwaukee, Philadelphia, bring it on. And if you're Nikola Jokic, you know, rise to the occasion. Do do what you do, man. Go out there and do your thing and win the MVP and shut up all the doubters and the haters or whatever and then go win a damn ring. Like, that's what it's all about. So, you know, is it is it fair that it's going to happen over the next two games? No. Is it asinine that it has to take these two games for him to win a season-long award? Yeah, it is. Uh, but he's the MVP. Even if he's not named the MVP, he's the MVP. And y'all should know that. So, you know, let's hope that over the weekend, let's hope you can watch it, right? Brian, yes, that Brian texts in. Can you please say KSE sucks and blame it on me? There you go, Brian. Yes, that Brian. And he says the KSE propaganda outlet disappeared from Comcast nearly 43 months ago. And he wants to bring up some tweet from Adrian Dater. What's up, Dater? That says he's talked to so many KSE people who say it's dysfunctional work environment, but they won't actually go on record. They all seem very afraid. Okay. Why does that matter? <laughs> why, why, do, why does any of that matter? For me, what matters happens on the court. And, yeah, it's ridiculous. And the Comcast, it's all just dumb. Like, again, why do we waste our time with that? Huh? Why do we, why do, we do that? I would rather talk about Nikola Jokic and, like, what this Nuggets team has to do, bench play, Gordon, et cetera. You know, can MBJ uh, get even hotter? Stay healthy, Michael Porter Jr., and, you know, continue with consistency and hot play. I say the same thing about Jamal Murray as well. Any longtime listeners know that I love, 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 love Jamal Murray. Don't like the Blue Arrow nickname. That's just me. But I love his game, and I appreciate uh, when he plays consistently. We know he can go off at any time. But it's that consistency that's needed most in the playoffs when the game changes. The MVP is a regular season award. With the regular season wrapping up, it's time to think about how will you be different in the postseason because the postseason will be more physical, the postseason will be more difficult, the postseason will be more intense, And if you're the Denver Nuggets, you cannot, as the number one seed, go out like a bunch of punks. You can't go out in the first round. You can't go out in the second round. Like, you've got to make the run now. And you've got to do it without great bench play. You've got to do it with Gordon a little bit banged up. Whatever is whatever. All right. (laughs) That wraps it up. I guess that wraps it up for Alabama as well. Looks like San Diego State 7164 is going to get that done. About eight seconds left in that one. So that one's over. Way to go, Aztecs. San Diego State, baby. Knocking off number one, Alabama. We are going next to Westwood One for more of your NCAA men's tournament coverage. I am Cecil Lammy saying thank you all very much for listening. Uh, listening? Listening? That makes no sense. <laughs> he 
Thanks, KJ. He's my man. KJ, I appreciate you, man. Thank you very much, man of the box. I'm Cecil Lammy saying stay tuned, stay frosty. 